us. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. 2 Peter 1, verse number uh, 18 says, And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount, and we have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Preston, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Please join us in singing hymn number 259, Jesus Saves.
Shepherd stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 419. Sound the matter cry, see the fool is not. Sing it out on that first verse. Once there was a king who sat high upon his throne, the ruler of the universe.
God and God alone. But his heart was broken by a world held captive in their sin. Ransom must be paid to redeem them back to him. So God in his great wisdom revealed his master plan. He'd send the Son of God to become the Son of Man. Once and for all, a sacrifice for sin would finally be. Christ, the perfect Lamb upon the cross of Calvary. One single act of massless grace brought hope to all mankind. One drop of sinless blood erased our guilt for all of time. One monument of mercy stands proclaiming to the lost. The way was made, the price was paid. in lowly Bethlehem Messiah came to live with men and once upon Galcantha's hill he bowed beneath his father's will to satisfy redemption's cost once upon a cross once upon a cross one single act of matchless grace brought hope to all mankind one drop of sinless blood erased our guilt for all of time one monument of mercy stands proclaiming to the lost the way was made the price was paid once upon a cross the way was made the price was paid once upon a cross good stand once again we'll sing hymn number 169 come thou fount of every blessing Get it out on that first verse, hymn number 169.
enjoying the service so much I forgot to turn the microphone on, so I'm sorry. That's the way it ought to be, though, right? When we come to the house of God, sing praises to Him, what to be in. That's why we're here, be in. When you be out, sitting at home, you need to be in when you're in. You need to be in when you're home too, but really when you're in. So um, we launch, a, first of all, I wanted to say this. If you would remember to pray for uh, Miss Reagan and little baby uh, Stephen. I think they're going to name it Stephen Kevin. I'm not for sure. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there as an idea. But... Uh, Anyhow, pray for little Stephen, baby Stephen, and for Mama. A uh, very important time, 32 weeks. They want to at least pray that she gets to 36, and then they can take the baby uh, and, uh, you know, but pray for them, okay? And that's what we ought to do, pray for one another. Amen. 
Also, there's a talk about snow. Now, my wife always tells me this about snow. She goes, don't believe them, they always lie to you, okay? Because I'll go to bed thinking, man, I'm going to wake up, there's going to be like eight inches of snow, it's going to be awesome, and the ground barely be covered. So then I get this real bummer attitude. She goes, I told you not to believe them. It'd be nice if you could believe a weatherman like you believe the Bible, right? But you can't. You can't do it. But with that said, from time to time, we do have to cancel church. Usually it's like one Wednesday night out of the year and maybe two or three Sundays according to ice, snow, and so forth. And the reason is um, we have people that plow our lot and stuff like that. Many times our lot is prepared. It's getting here that's dangerous. And I used to be one of those guys, bless God if I can get there, everybody ought to get there, we're having church. And um, I was cleaning the church lot one time, honest. I was cleaning the church lot one time, and I was on a, we had a little Cub Cadet uh, tractor with a blade on it, and I got off and not paying attention, slipped and fell. As I'm sitting there on my hurt pride, looking up, it was like God said to me, what if that was Brother Witcher? Some of you will remember the Witchers for years. Brother Witcher played the organ for us. What if that was Brother Witcher? And I thought, you know, we can have church at home. We can miss. God knows, right? So if it comes to a point uh, of missing church, um, first of all, Brother Matt, why don't you raise your hand? This guy right here is in charge of, a, we got this a phone thing, phone tree, and uh, you can get a text, you can get an email, you can get a phone call, and um, it's, it's a generated thing we pay for. Uh, Brother Matt launches that when I say, hey, we need to launch the phone tree, and he goes, okay, so it launches, and then you get this phone call, and it says Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, and I still have people call me. Preacher, did you want something? Listen to the message. That's what you need to do, and, and it'll be okay. But it's okay. You can call me if you want to call me. That's great. I don't mind at all. But So if you're not on our phone tree and you would like to be, see Brother Matt, okay? Give him your phone number, and uh, I, I think you want the credit card number. No, I'm teasing. We don't want your credit card number, but you can get it on the phone tree from him. If not, we have a few ladies who take it on themselves to look around and go, hey, we've got some visitors that come pretty regular. I'm going to call them. And so uh, if that's the case, uh, see Brother Lalo. He'll take your number. He'll see that it gets to someone. Or if you're sitting next to somebody, say, hey, why don't you call me if they're not going to have church. Um, anyhow, I just want you to know that's kind of how we function when it gets bad. Now, when it's bad, um, I still go ahead and preach my message. Uh, a lot of times... Um, Either we'll come here, and I'll preach it here, or we may jump to Facebook and preach it there, and uh, we'll make that available, probably include that in the phone tree message. Uh, but uh, anyhow, so usually I, I've already prepared the message, so I'll just set up my kitchen counter and preach it, or I'll come here, uh, and uh, of course Lalo will be here, because he lives the closest. He has the least excuse not to be in church, Amen. <laughs> And uh, so he'll snowshoe in, I'll four-wheel in, because I got a Chevy, and um, we'll, we'll have church, okay? So we'll have, we'll have that available. And uh, 
doubt if we'll have to use it very much, but just so you understand how that happens. Now, it's a new year. Hallelujah. Our new theme is Love God More. And um, I think as I've thought on the, on the theme and I've thought about uh, the importance, I always want to follow the Lord's leading. I always want to pick a topic that's going to be helpful to all of us. And I've thought about this theme a lot, Love God More. And I think if we could learn to apply this in our life, that it could solve almost every problem we have. I think what happens a lot of times is we get to love in the world more than we love God, and then we get crosswise with God, and we get a spanking. Did, how many of you grew up getting spankings? Man, my dad would pull that belt off, and you could hear it slap out of the loops, and then he'd double or triple it over. He's a big guy. And he'd go to wailing on me, and it wasn't, it wasn't just the one hit, it was all that leather smacking together that would scare the wad right out of you, you know. So I grew up getting beat, I mean spanked, and um, sometimes, if we're not careful, we get away from God and he spanks us, okay? If he doesn't spank you, then you may not be a child of his. That's scripture, just saying, that's scripture. If we love God more... I think it will help in our relationship with God, in our relationship with one another, and in our relationship with the world in which we live. Loving God more ought to be the key theme in our life. Now, this is my beautiful wife. Stand up just a minute, honey. This is my beautiful wife. I'm so thankful. I'm sure, I'm sure you don't know who she is, because she always hides at the piano. Um, but I love her more today than I have to this day. I love her more than ever before. And you say, well, you know, when, when you first go to get married and you think, oh, you know, I got the, I, I love her all that I'm ever going to love her. No, you shouldn't. It should be a growing process. I found through the years, and we just celebrated 57 years right here with the Stanfords. I'm sure, I'm sure, right? I'm sure. <laughs> now you're on the spot. Everybody's watching you. I'm sure that your love's just developed more and more and more and more. And what was maybe blinded by looks and all those things has now matured into this wonderful, beautiful relationship. And I think it's the way it is when it comes to God, that our love for him matures and it grows and, and we, we draw closer to him. But the problem is I could stop my love growing with my wife if I wanted to. But that would then create loneliness for me. Because if I become hateful or mean to her or select not to talk to her, the one I'm really hurting is me. I'm going to hurt her, but it's really going to hurt me. It's going to hurt my relationship with her. It's going to hurt my desire to be with her. All those things. It's up to me how I love. And so when it comes to God, I want to love God more with each passing day. I don't want to be content with where I was in 1990 or 1976 when I first got saved or, or in the year 2000 or last year or yesterday. I want to be drawing closer to him. And so this year we're going to spend some time unpacking that and thinking about that and, and looking in all the different realms of our life how this idea of loving God more fits in our life. Because it's an important topic. It's something that 
that we ought to strive to do is to love him more. And so I'd invite your attention to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to read kind of a familiar story if you read your Bible much. Uh, By the way, if you're loving God more, you're reading your Bible and you're praying, you're seeking to walk with him. These are kind of the rudimentary things to help us develop that closer relationship with God. And so this is maybe a story you've read many times, and you've, you've read through it, and you've thought about it, and you've gone on. Maybe this is something that you thought about last week, or maybe a couple of years ago, and you've just gotten some space between it. So I just want to refresh us today with this uh, portion of Scripture, and hopefully it'll be a real blessing to you. And if you can, stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. And we'll begin here in verse number 25. You can follow along. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. This who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. And a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, He had companions, went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil, wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn. And on on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity that's ours to be gathered together here in your house and to worship you. Lord, the importance of the message today of this developing this theme of loving God more. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just work in our lives and our hearts and that your will would be done in our lives, that we might be drawn into a closer relationship, that we would do what we could to expedite that, to make it happen, to draw closer to you, to open ourselves up more, to know you and to love you and to understand your word. Lord, help us to just draw closer to you than we ever have in this coming year, 2024, might it be a rally year? 
a time that we'll be able to, if you would tear your coming, look back and go, that was a turning point in my life. That was a time that I really got serious about God, about uh, loving Him and serving Him with my life. Thank you for this opportunity today. And Lord, might you be glorified through the preaching of your word. Might you be honored by the decisions that are made. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise for it all. We ask these things in your blessed name. And all the people said, Amen. You may be seated. So as we think about what's going on in the world today, and we think about all the problems that exist in the world in which we live, we have to realize that if the, if the world would love each other more, that we'd probably have less problems. But the truth of the matter is, if we loved God more, then we'd have less problems. If mankind would learn to love God more and to give God his rightful place and to put God where he ought to be in our lives, I think we would see our world change. I've thought it important to come to this preaching of this message of loving God more as our theme, that it might affect our lives every day, and that every day this coming year, I want to challenge you to set out as a top priority to think about how I can love God more. Now, I mentioned it, and I believe it's true, that if you're going to love God more, you need to be in the book. You need to be reading your Bible. And I want to challenge you with something that um, as I was preparing and praying and thinking, it was just something that God laid on my heart, something I've done a lot, but I've never really shared uh, the need with others. And that is, I'd encourage you to get a notebook. And when you're reading through your Bible and God speaks to your heart about a portion of Scripture, about loving Him more, may we just make this our Love God More notebook? And we'd write the verse out. We'd put the scripture reference. We'd put the verse. Because there's going to come days that you're going to think to yourself, I ain't got time for that. Or you might miss a couple of days. And you go, wait a minute, I, I got to get a reset. And you go back to your notebook and you begin to read, oh yeah, I put this verse here and I put that verse there. And the preacher said this, I thought it was really good. Or I heard this from someone else, I thought it was really good. I've written it in my notebook. And I can look back over my notebook, and hopefully by the end of the year, you'll have a book that's got a lot of really good ideas and a lot of good thoughts to help us stay on track with loving God. Now, don't fill it with recipes and phone numbers and all that. Just make it your I Love God book. I love God, and I love him a lot, and I'm just going to have this notebook. I'm just going to keep these notes for myself that it might help me in my relationship with God. It might encourage me to track my progress, and maybe by, hopefully by the end of the year, you'll look and you go, wow, I didn't know the Bible had so much to say about loving God. Or, I didn't know that God was speaking to me in so many different ways, and I've tracked this, and I see that God really wants me to love him more. God really wants me to elevate him and put him in front of my thoughts and my desires and my dreams and my cares that I might really love him more. And so I'd encourage you, get a notebook and keep it. As we think about Luke chapter 10 and verse number 25, we find this, this written, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So our first point today is this, the question. The question. Verse number 25 says um, that there was a certain lawyer 
a certain lawyer. Now, when we think about the, this lawyer, we need to realize he was really more like a scribe. He spent a lot of time studying the Word. He spent a lot of time writing the Word of God. Uh, he spent a lot of time around the Word of God. He would teach uh, like day school on the Bible to Jewish and Hebrew children as they would grow up. Uh, he would spend a lot of time in the Word. So he knew the Word. And if there were discrepancies or issues, they would call the lawyer or the scribe to come and, and to say what he knew and what portions of Scripture uh, that he knew that would stand up and, and those things. And so here's a certain lawyer, one who has given his life. He was educated. He had studied the Word. He was in the religious community. He was in the Word daily, uh, and yet he missed the truth. So I want to, I want to, my first point that I'd really like to caution you with is just because I'm spending a lot of time reading my Bible and a lot of time praying and maybe even meditating, if I'm not careful, I can miss the truth. Why, why do people miss the truth? Because of preconceived ideas and because of the world in which we live. So I'm telling you, our world's in a mess. It's in a mess. We were just kind of chuckling today. Uh, Brother Beavers and I was talking about an event that happened years ago with uh, some young marrieds that went out, and we had a scavenger hunt of our own, and there became a discrepancy over what a sleigh is. Now, I'm not going to go into great detail, but it's not a sled. It's a sleigh. Right, Brother Jeff? Uh, and so the men had their proper, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go that far. But we had a, a misunderstanding. We had this the, about a sleigh. And I said, well, I think that's where the gender problem started, was right there. Thank you. Uh, I tried to throw in a little humor to make it lighter. <laughs> but listen, we're living in a day and age where they don't even know if they're a boy or a girl or what bathroom to use. I'm telling you, we're living in an age of great doubt and uncertainty. And if we're not careful, I think that we pick some of that up on ourselves. That it kind of falls over to us. And if we're not careful, we can begin to... We, we, I'm reading the Bible and I'm listening to preaching, but I've got some preconceived ideas out here of my own. Listen, when we come before God, we must come before Him with this thought, God... I want you to tool me and make me. And God, I want to pour my heart out before you, and I want you to change my thinking, change my actions. Oh, it sounds kind of like Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, where we're talking about it being transformed, renewed. And these are things that we ought to want in our life on a regular basis. God, I want you to renew me. I want you to transform me. And here's this man who's been educated, He's in the religious community. He's daily in the Word. And yet he misses a simple truth. He misses the truth of eternal life. But we also find that he's tempting the Lord. Why would he do that? Why would one who has studied the Word, why would he come to the point that he would then want to tempt Jesus or tempt the, the Lord? Why would he want to do that? Why would he be useful to that and again i'd say just because you're in the word doesn't mean you're always close to him there has to be an application of what we read and what we study we have to apply it in our lives listen i woke up about four o'clock this morning five o'clock this morning 
and dealing back and forth, back and forth with this idea. I love you, God, but I love these people too. God's like, but do you love me most of all? Yeah, I love you, God, but this. And God's like, but do you love me most? So I'm just telling you about your preacher and my own, my own time that this went on for hours this morning. But do you love me? Yes, but I love this. But I want you to love me. I want you to love me. And here's this lawyer, this one trained in the word who spent all this time and yet he comes to a point that he's going to try to tempt Jesus. So let's not be too hard on the lawyer, but let's realize that that could be us too. We need to, we need to be open. We need to be raw in the presence of God. Say, God, I want to walk with you. If you need to do something to me, then God, I want to open the door. Help me to understand. I want that tooling in my life that I might be more like you. Little did this man know that the one who stood before him, this lawyer who's questioning Jesus, little did he realize that what stood before him was eternal life. Jesus Christ, the eternal being. Little did this lawyer realize, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tempt him. I'm going to put him in this corner. I'm going to put him in his place. I'm going to ask him about, you know, about eternal life. And he's like, he didn't even see that eternal life was right there in front of him. Jesus Christ, the one who would die for our sins, was right there in front of him. And so he, he asked this question, not so much that, I, I think he was maybe more influenced by who would be around him, or that he might gain the accolades of being the lawyer that tripped up Jesus, and everybody would come by and go, good job, man. Good job. You really put one on him. You showed him what exactly that was going to be like. The truth of the matter is, though, here he is face to face with eternal life, and he misses it. Look at verse number 26. It says, and he said unto him, this is our second point, Jesus' reply. And he said unto him, what is written in the law, and how readest thou? I always love it. Jesus always answers a question with a question and Jesus saying I, I, I kind of feel like Jesus saying listen you've read the Bible you know these things what is what does the scripture say what does the word say what's written in the law how, how readest thou Jesus is so quick to come back with the ultimate reply because he's God he didn't have to sit there and stew and wonder now what am I going to do and we'll find many times in the New Testament where these lawyers come to trip Jesus up, they never even get close. They don't even, you know, they, they don't even begin to get him to stumble. They're not tripping Jesus up. Jesus is always there with the ultimate answer, the ultimate reply. And so he comes to this, this ultimate reply and he says, what does the scripture say? Simply saying that you're a student of the word of God doesn't mean it. And we got a couple of kids going back to Bible college. You know what I found out when I went to Bible college? When I went to Bible college, I realized I was pretty ignorant in the Word of God. And when I left after four years, I realized I was really ignorant in the Word of God. Kind of like when I went to school to be a mechanic. 
I went to school to be a mechanic. I walked in not knowing a lot about cars, but I wanted it. And so I got in, I studied, and I worked hard. And it was the first time in my life I'm making A's and B's. It's something that I wanted to do. And when I graduated from there, then I had to go to work. And it was when I went to work in the workforce that I could apply the things that had been put into my head that then it began to fit together so that at one point in my career, I felt like, yeah, I'm a pretty decent mechanic. When it comes to the Word of God, <clears throat> I sat there and said to myself, I don't know a lot about the Word of God, but I want to learn. And after four years, rather than being one of those guys that stood around thinking he knew everything, I just realized I got a lot more questions than I did when I was a freshman. I got a lot more things to study. This is going to be a lifetime a lifetime. Being in ministry isn't something that you go to school for four years and all of a sudden, boom, you got it all. It's just the beginning. The box is just open. That's when the real application begins. And by the way, they can't teach you all of it. I remember my preacher daddy, Brother Bush, I'm visiting with him one time, and Brother Bush, he started snickering. I said, what's so funny? He goes, you know, <clears throat> I've never even faced some of the problems you're going to face. In my lifetime, I never had to face some the problems you're going to face. I thought, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was hoping to glean off of yours 50 years of ministry that I might learn from you. He goes, oh, it's always changing. It's always changing. And so here's this student of the Word, and Jesus says to him, what does the Scripture say? What, is, what does the Word say? How readest thou? It's a great question. Jesus is pointing, pointing out the obvious and, and therefore pointing back to the word. What, what does the word say? Here, he comes up and he says this. He says in verse number 27, the response. He says, and answering him said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, thy neighbor as thyself. We find this repeated in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37, the same story recount. And there we read in verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Deuteronomy 6.5, which is really the reference that the lawyer is referencing, Deuteronomy 6.5, would be considered in the law. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Now, it sounds pretty easy. <laughs> Not to me. It's got a sound of sounding easy. But when you look at it for application, you go, whoa, this is heavy. So the other day I walked into McDonald's and... Brother Russ, I know him as Russ, he's Tommy to his mama. <laughs> Brother Russ is sitting at this table and I walk over, I know all these guys, they're Christian guys, they get together every Friday and they have a coffee and, and you know, we visit back and forth and Brother Russ is sitting there and he says, so what's going on? He goes, we're talking about quantum physics. I said, I'm out. I got enough in my head, I'm not worried. I can't even spell quantum physics, okay? I, I don't have time to mess with quantum physics. I, 
Jesus, you got it. You take care of it, okay? <laughs> I would not know. <laughs> Again, quantum physics. I have no idea. We could take Miss Kara. She could probably carry on a good conversation with these guys. Might even teach them a thing or two. There's so much to unpack from this idea that thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Just that one thought. Just the one thought of loving God. <laughs> and then he, he mentions, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, to this morning, I'm visiting with Brother Lalo before church, and he goes, so, so what's your sermon about? I said, well, it's about the scripture, the Luke chapter 10, verse number 27. He goes, oh, great. And I said, yeah, it's going to take me easily a month to preach it. He goes, why? And I said, well, it's kind of what I call rototillo in preaching. We can brush over this, but the problem is we've brushed over it way too much in our lives. It's time for practical application. So hopefully, not really, hopefully you'll get good and bored of the subject by the time we're done. In other words, I hope it really gets into your soul. You go, I know what he's going to say. I know what he said. I know what he's going to say. Good for you. That'd be great. But there's a large majority of people have no idea. Just this idea of uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. What is involved in that? What is involved in loving the Lord? It's kind of interesting. One, one uh, theologian I was following after wrote this. He said this was part of their philacrophies, which they recited every day. This Jewish lawyer, they would walk around, they have this box on their head, and it had certain scriptures in it. And every day they would pull those scriptures out and they would read them. And this would be one that was in their phylactery that they'd pull out every day and they would read. Just because they were reading it didn't mean they were applying it, otherwise they wouldn't have been asking the question. So I just want you to see, just because you're reading doesn't mean it's gripping. That's why prayer is so important. That we pray and say, God... Minister to my heart today. Move me from where I have been to a closer relationship. Move me closer to you. Help me to gain insight and understanding from these things that I'm learning. So this phrase is important. And uh, so I want us to kind of destruct just this phrase today, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. First of all, notice that it's personal. Thou not written to the group. Oh, it's written to the group, but it's written to all of us individually. So I can't sit back and say, honey, did you get that? I think that's for you. It's for me. It's for you. It's for these fine-looking young men sitting right here on the front row. It's for you. Thou. Thou. It's for these beautiful young ladies over here. Thou. Now, you know, if, if you young people would grasp this now, I hate to think how much further along the line you would be from your parents or your pastor in, say, 20 years. Just by fully grasping this idea right here. Thou shalt. Well, that's an interesting word. I went to Webster's to make sure that I understood it. Webster defines shout as the second person singular of shall. Thou shalt not steal, in case you were wondering, a usage of it. 
and again personal, and now commanded. Thou shalt. And so what we're getting ready to hear is important. Personal and a command, thou shalt love. I don't think I know a bigger four-letter word than love. It's an awesome word. An awesome word. So I'm going to pick on one of my favorite people right here, Brother Dan. I love this guy. I love him. I express that to him. He expresses it back, sometimes begrudgingly, especially if I'm talking about Mexican food. <clears throat> but I express that I love him. He expresses it back. I've got sons. I express to them that I love them, and they express it back. It's a little different relationship, okay? Because their blood, it's just a little, little difference. Not a big difference, a little difference. And then there's, I've already showed you my beautiful wife, and I expressed to her that I love her. See how big love can get? And by the way, as a child of God, in case you haven't heard me tell you lately, I love you. I love you. To do otherwise is idiotic and unscriptural. If I'm going to love God, then shouldn't I love his people? Sure. I can't love God without loving his people. It's that simple. It's that simple. Lalo, from the moment I met Lalo, I started telling him that I loved him. You know, this guy, he rattles that off quicker than I can anymore. Love you, preacher. Like, oh, wait, wait a minute. That's my line. You let me say it first, and so you, re, you re, respond to me. Love, man. Big boy. Carries so much meaning. And so if we want to build a, a tear, it, it's really not much of a tear. God's at the top. He's our ultimate lover. And I don't mean that in some sick, gross way. He is our ultimate lover. I desire time with my wife. I, you, we can use the word intimate time, just me and her. Whether it's driving down the road. The other day we uh, had to go get some screensavers on our phones. And just being together and... Uh, I, rather than uh, go uh, over here and uh, wait for four and a half hours at our phone store, we decided to go to Leavenworth, and so we had this nice drive, and we're talking and holding hands. It was just a great time of intimacy between me and my wife. God wants that same type of intimacy. Same type of intimacy. There's nothing dirty about what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real, really getting to love our Lord. That song, that last song before Miss Cindy sang, <clears throat> talked about I'm prone to wonder. And I'm telling you, that's me. I'm prone to get distracted. I'm prone to get pulled away. I'm prone to get 
I'm prone to get distracted. And my prayer ought to be, God, bind me to you that I'll not be pulled away. Bind my heart to you with each passing thing that comes my way. God, help me to love you more. And help me to give that evidence to people around me so that when they die and they come by and they say, oh, here lies Pastor Matt saying, you know the number one thing I want him to say about me, Lalo, is that he loved God. He loved men. He loved people. Because I think if I do that, then I'm going to be pretty pleasing to God by the time I get there. Oh, I'm a big B Baptist and all that kind of stuff, but I'm telling you, without the love of God, it's no good. People don't care about your theology unless they see your heart. That is see Jesus just dripping off of us. I walk in and go, well, there's something different about you. So I had, some, I had a guy come, uh, thank the Lord, it's coming up Medicare time in my life. I'm so excited about it. And when you come to that point in your life, you get phone calls religiously from all these different people. Well, thank goodness my phone says scam likely. My wife said that that's her new boyfriend, scam likely. <clears throat> So if your phone number comes up as scam lightly, I don't answer it, okay? If you want to really get hold of me and I don't have you in my address book, leave me a message. Otherwise, I'm going to take that. It's probably scam. I'm not interested. Because everybody wants to talk to me about, oh, what are you going to do about Medicare? What's going to be your choice? And blah, 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 blah. And so the guy comes into my office. And as he, if, if, when you walk into my office, I've got a back door off of the the walkway right here is probably one of the best investments we ever made. I've got a, a back door there, and there hangs a big poster of Allen Fieldhouse. Big poster. I had a guy that used to come to church here, and uh, he graduated from Allen, or from KU, and he, got, he stayed after a game one night, and he got Bill Self to sign my poster. It says, Pastor Kevin, go KU, Bill Self. And it got it hanging right there. So this guy comes walking into my office. He looks up and he sees my poster. Down the floor, I got a big Jayhawk mat laying right there. You walk in the door. If you take time to look back, I've got a steel Jayhawk that's been cut out. That's, and I got Jayhawk stuff everywhere, everywhere. I got balls that have been signed by different players and all that kind of stuff. The guy comes in and he goes this. He said, I see you're a Jayhawk fan. I said, yeah, we don't allow much purple in this room. I'm a big Jayhawk fan. Would it be that he'd walk into my funeral and hear people go, he sure loved God. I'd rather people remember that I loved God more than I loved Jayhawks. I'd rather people remember that I loved God more than I love maybe some football team or some baseball team. I'd rather people knew that I loved God no matter whatever else in my life, that they would know that I loved God. So our goal ought to be, thou shalt love. So it's a command. It's something we need to work on. This is something we need to develop. We need to develop this thing of love, and we need to work on it. He said that thou shalt love the Lord. I think about that, the Lord, and I would have you ask yourself this question, who is Lord in your life? 
Who is the one you answer to? Who is the one that directs your path? Well, you know, I work for this company over here, and they're sending me here, and they're sending me there. Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. But really, when it comes down to your life, who orders your steps? Who is the Lord of your life? Is it a job? Is it money? Is it success? Is it fame? Is it people? Listen, it needs to be the Lord. Remember, he's coming back on a horse. I just love, I, this, I just grab this picture every time I read the verse. On his thigh, it's going to say, Lord of lords, King of kings. That's my Savior. He's Lord of all lords. He's King of all kings. He needs to be number one in my life. Not number two, not number three, not number four. Mrs. Metzinger, as much as I love her, she knows she's number two. There's not another number two. There's only one number two. It's her. Not even the kids are on that platform. But she is not a one. She's a two. Because God is one. God is number one. He is the one that I should love with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my being. All that I am, I need to love him. I need to elevate him. I need to put him first in my life. And all that I do, he is the Lord. And then he writes this, thy God. Interesting again, that word thy makes it personal. Thy God. So I ask this question. Is he Lord of your life? Well, he can't be Lord of your life unless he's God of your life. He's your Savior. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? You say all this other stuff is talk and, and plans and, and all, all that, but unless we have Jesus right here, it, it's all just talk and plans. You know, I've, I've preached. I've preached before revivals, and I've had the pastor's wife come and get saved because she had just been going through the motions. Been in church most of her life when she realized she needed to get saved. She was afraid what people think. Listen, don't let fear of what people think send you to hell. That's the dumbest thing in the entire world. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Totally dumb. Don't let the fear of what others will say or think or do send you to a Christless eternity. No, that... We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. These things are so necessary and so important, but it begins with a personal decision. I'm going to take the personal decision. I'm going to take it as a command that I'm to love the Lord my God. I'm to love him, to pour it out on him. I'm to tell him how much I love him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. I know that God has reemphasized over and over and over in Scripture that he loved us, but it's time as Christians that we emphasize to him that we love him. It ought to flow from our mouths in our prayer time, in our time with God. God, I just want you to know I love you. I love to hear men of our church pray and say, God, I love you. Those are not just words that are being said. I hope that they're root, they're foundational in their life, that they really feel that. God, I love you, and you've done so much for me. Think about where you'd be without God. Man, I know where I'd be. 
a whole generation of kids I went to high school with, drug addicts, hung out, broken lives, trailer park living. I'm telling you, I know exactly where I'd be. I'm so glad I'm not there. So glad I'm not there. Jesus made the difference. I ought to love him because he first loved me. I ought to love him. Lord, we love you today. I thank you for your word. And I know in the upcoming weeks, we've got a lot of work to do. But God, I just want you to know I love you. I want to love you the way I should love you. I want to put you first in my life the way I should. I just want to love you. I don't don't care who knows. I don't care. I, I want everyone to know that I love you. Thank you for first loving me. There being here that don't know that they're saved and on their way to heaven, Lord, would you, would you allow us to take the Bible and share with them how they can too know that you love them? That they could come to that relationship with you, that they would look back and say, oh yes, I love him. I think of where I could have been, but look at what he's done for me. I love him so much. Take this invitation, Lord, use it for your glory. We love you. We ask these things in your blessed name. Amen. I'm going to sing today just as I am. If you would stand with me. God's spoken to your heart. Encourage you to come. Whatever your need today, encourage you to come. Just
think that it's important when we think about loving God to realize our Bible is important, and yet there's a lot of great books that can help us in our walk with God. I don't know if you've picked it or not, but every year for Father's Day, I try to give a good book to our men, put it in their hands. I want them to really read it because it should help them draw closer to God. Um, these are just a few that we've used over the last couple of years, uh, and they're just priceless books. They'll help you in your walk with God. And then um, here's a, another one of those books by R.B. Ouellette that I haven't given this book because it's like a $15 book, but it's a great investment of your money uh, written by a good godly friend of mine, and I know it would be a, a blessing. And then I read a book this last year <coughs> by a guy named Paul Tripp. He's, he's a different thinker. Um, he, he's, he, he loves the Lord and all those kind of things. He just, he's not of our group necessarily, but he's got a, a lot of great thoughts. And he wrote this book called New Morning Mercies. And uh, if you go on, you look, it's just like highly reviewed. And so this is my new book for the year, and I'm enjoying it uh, so far. It takes about 15, 20 minutes uh, to read and pray and do those kind of things uh, in a morning devotional time. We have devotionals that we put in the back track rack every month. Those are free. Just take them and use them. As long as you're taking them and using them, we don't have to throw them away. It's a great investment. And we just want to put good tools in your hands to help you draw closer to God. And so I just want to challenge you, love God and love God more. Thank you, Brother Jeff. Those recommendations, and thank you all for being here today. And uh, I haven't seen most of y'all since last year. Uh, anyway, it's good to be here. Thank you uh, for your attendance today. Uh, we're already, uh, you know, 24 has gone so quick, and we're already talking about activities that get us into February, so a lot going on. Uh, some activities that and opportunities for fellowship and church cleaning coming up, so you can sign up for that and maybe roll that in with the fellowship during cleaning and then go out to eat with someone, you know, get to know somebody through that. Work, uh, Patch is going to restart on uh, Wednesday. Uh, game night chili cook-off, we talked about this on the 19th. Uh, Lalo and Caitlin, our judges, Lalo said that they cannot be bribed into choosing the winner. Although you're welcome to try. So um, annual business meeting is coming up, coming up on the 31st as we prepare, uh, look, re reflect on, on the blessings last year and look forward and as we prepare and plan for uh, this new year and, and uh, generations to follow. We'll pray for the Compass Retreat that's coming up. And if you have an opportunity to go, something that you might consider attending. Uh, please, please pray for the college kids that are driving back to Oklahoma City Thursday. We're anticipating uh, snow and some single digits or teens uh, temperatures here. So it's going to be uh, cold and potentially treacherous. But anyway, uh, just pray for their safety and for them, uh, all of the college kids, to stay focused and guard their hearts and finish strong. And uh, I'll go ahead and close in prayer. Dearly Father, thank you for this day and for this message and for the opportunity to to draw closer to surrender daily and learn to love you more and desire to what you have for each of us uh, in our lives. Pray for the services this afternoon and in your name we ask it for.